and welcome to episode 107 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sharon of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as we cast spells to clean crime scenes and beta test on our Apple devices. How you doing today, Brett? I'm doing good. I've been playing some golf blitz and some other games. It's Starting amazing. <laughs> I know I had to get in there early so I didn't forget. <laughs> And so, before we get into any kind of game portions of the program, we do have some Apple news, and the big one is that Apple's now offered public beta testing for their new operating systems that they announced at WWDC at the start of the month. So you can now start beta testing iOS 13, macOS Catalina, and watchOS 6, and or, depending on what devices you have, and it's surprisingly easy. Essentially, all you do is go into Apple's website Follow the link to any of those platforms, and it will have a big thing, sign up to beta test today. You enter in your Apple ID. You then have a essentially a configuration profile that you install onto your iPhone or your iPad or your Mac or your iPhone for your watch. And then from there, once the profile is configured, you then have the over-the-air update in the usual place on settings, general software update, and it will be the beta-tested version of whatever platform you have. So it's super simple and easy to sign up. Yeah, it's always kind of tempting. Like, I always want to jump on it, especially for the... I, I'd want to do it on the iPad for that uh, controller support, to have that external controller, try it out with my Xbox controller and try some of these games. But at the same time, I'm a little weary because you never know with beta software. There could be problems. It could break your device or cause it so you have to reload everything. And I use my devices enough that I just can't take a chance. So I usually wait until the final release and not jump on these betas. Yeah, really, hopefully you have an extra device to do this testing. Don't test on your everyday go-to device. If you use your iPhone, you know eight hours a day or whatever it is, don't test it on that. There's too many things that could potentially go wrong. Be sure to back up your device regardless how you proceed. And then once you do back up, realize that everything might be working perfectly, but some apps aren't updated. Actually, a lot of apps aren't updated. So <laughs> Apple stuff's going to work fine, but a lot of third-party apps that you rely on, they might crash instantly on boot, and that's just because it's back-end code failure kind of things that aren't going to be fixed until the final release in September. So again, hopefully it's an external device, an extra device to play around, test, especially I think iPad OS is the most intriguing aspect, so an extra iPad, but then... With that, you want kind of the top-of-the-line brand-new iPad to test it on. You don't want to try to <laughs> struggle around on an old iPad running this new operating system for the iPad. Yeah, so really you're best off just going to the Apple Store, buying a brand-new iPad Pro that has nothing on it that you're going to lose, then install the iOS beta on there, and then you're good to go. That's it. That's super practical. Super cheap, too. That's like, what, <laughs> yeah. a grand or something? A grand, yeah. Yeah. It's well worth it, right? Exactly, because you, you got to have it now. You can't wait until the middle of September. Yeah, yeah that's too long. Who yeah. wants to wait that long? And so, again, it's super easy to update. Just be considerate of what you device you are going to update and see that the caveats that come with it. But then on the kind of future idea of what's coming into that September-October time frame, not only will we have the final releases of these operating systems, but there's rumors that the 16-inch MacBook Pro 
is going to make an appearance. So essentially, it's going to have the same chassis size as the 15 inch, but they're going to put more screen in it. So we now extend out an extra inch. The resolution is bumped up a little bit to keep the proper retina display ideas. And really, this is for that top-of-the-line idea. And we got to see this cool, awesome, super-power, super-expensive Mac Pro. So, of course, we need a laptop version to match it. Right. Well, the question is where this is only a like an inch bump. Is this going to replace the 15 inch where it's going to be priced more like the 15 inches? Or is it going to be some specced up kind of super expensive, super pro device? That's I think super pro. You think I had it to is. put money on it. I think they keep around the 13 and 15 and they have the 16 inch super pro. And then maybe next year. The 16-inch replaces the 15-inch, or maybe right. two years or something. Now, we had the 14-inch, right, at one point, that the, the never really took off. Or is that still even around? I don't, they that, haven't made a 14-inch in a long time. Right, right, but that popped in at one point, and it didn't, like, I, I, don't, I don't remember what its pricing was compared to the 13-inch and the 15-inch. Did it, was it priced more like the 13-inch, or did they actually kind of have it in a a mid-level pricing where they could have these steps to have the 13, 15, and 60. I don't remember at all. I only know how the 12-inch fits in. Okay, okay. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the 12-inch. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they have the 12-inch MacBook. Okay, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have Air or Pro designation on it at all. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's what it had. Okay, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, they had a 14-inch iBook way back when. Uh, okay, so yeah, no, I'm not thinking think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was the 12-inch is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, and that was kind of when they first introduced it. It was the first Mac laptop to have the Retina display to lose all these extra ports and just be kind of the super version of the 11-inch MacBook Air. And right, so that then, was the one that had the USB, the first USB-C and only a single USB-C that was supposed to do everything, including power. Right, and so then they expanded those texts to the MacBook Pro, and then they expanded it to the MacBook Air. And speaking of those two devices, you have both of them. So the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar was updated. It has the latest and greatest processor, but the Air wasn't touched since it was updated last year. And the non-Touch Bar version of the MacBook hasn't been touched since 2017. They essentially call it the MacBook Escape because it has an escape key. And that <laughs> one is the entry-level price at $1299 instead of $17.99. So it's very intriguing for potential customers, but you're using two-year-old processors. So likely in October, not only we do, do we get the 16-inch, but we also get updates to the non-touch bar version of the MacBook Pro, as well as the MacBook Air, which got the big redesign last October. Right, and that just allows them to have all these extra price points to hit everyone who's in the market for a MacBook at any certain price level. Now they hopefully will have all modern processors and be up to date, and it makes sense for them to kind of update the rest of the line at this point. Yeah, I'm really looking forward for that $5,000 16-inch MacBook Pro that <laughs> has like 64 gigabytes of RAM or some crazy stupid thing. It has maybe some Xeon processor they fit into the thing, whatever they want to do. Yeah, I I don't I, I mean I and like the idea that I'm stand. not spending five grand on a, on a on a MacBook. It needs a special stand too. <laughs> a special stand, yeah, perfect. And also in that October event, we'll likely get updates to the iPad. So again, September is the iPhone, 
any rumor or anyone who tells you that anything other than the iPhone is coming at the September event, they're off base or wrong. Or Apple's when did we just get gonna... the watches last year? What time? That was around September, wasn't it? The watch I never count as anything, to be honest. The watch is so minorly stupid that I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I got we the watch be getting four, and I still yeah. don't even care. Well, we, there's got to be an update to the watch. There's got to be a Series 5. I don't remember if that was September or October last year, because they had that the other event last year, which was the the Makers event. or I forget, It had some dumb name. I don't remember what it was. Like, right, we're yeah. going to make something more or something. Yeah, and that's when we got the new iPad Pros that they cut off every, all the bezels and stuff. And it's yes. the new pencil and the new keyboard. I feel like there was. I feel like the watch was in September. Okay, yeah, I think it was. I so we have was. the iPhone and the watch, the kind of the portable ideas in September, and then we have the more heavy-duty iPads and Macs in October? Yes, yeah, I think so. That would make sense. So September's iPhone and watch, plus the final releases of watchOS 6, iOS 13, and macOS Catalina. And then in October, actually Catalina might be pushed to October to go with this new 16-inch non-touch bar and air updates. Yeah, I mean, it didn't help that much anyway, so <laughs> they're not doing anything. Maybe there'll be some surprise to go with this 16-inch. Maybe iPadOS is a separate release, too. It's I don't know. It's not just I, iOS 13. I'm really c- concerned about the whole App Store once that iPadOS comes out. What is going to happen? Universal App? Like, all these questions are still in the air uh, as to how this affects things. I guess if you download the beta, you'll find out. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to split up the what developers yeah, are doing with their apps yet. Yeah, yeah, it won't. It would be going forward. Uh, is nothing bad. Everything now would be should be fine. Anything in sports iOS thirteen, but September going forward, and I'm curious. Going to be fun because then we have to split up when we talk about Apple Arcade and Apple TV Plus. Right? Yeah, it's like that going to be yet another event where they you announce that, that stuff because the iPhone itself will take at least an hour. Of whatever it is, because there's going to be like three different models and all different sizes and R's and S's and X's and I's and all kinds of stupid lettering. (laughs) (laughs) So that's an hour. And that means you only have another hour for the watch plus the final releases of the software. When do we fit in the arcade and the TV? And do we hold those for October? They can't be October. I guess they could push it out because Disney's isn't coming until November. So they still have some time. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. So summer, there's not the most going on with Apple news and Apple rumors, but the fall is big time and we get to ramp up to that point over the summer. Yep. And we have to focus on that because the games are so lackluster and that ties into the Apple Arcade because the more that I talk to developers, the big time developers are part of the Apple Arcade and saving up for the Apple Arcade. So the stuff that's released in the interim is really... Not that good. I I can't really sugarcoat it. So you'll get the gist as we go over the four games this week. Actually, probably even more. And we'll start out with Harry Potter Wizards Unite, which is essentially Harry Potter Go. They've taken the Pokemon (laughs) Go mold. They've taken the Pokemon Go creator company. And they've slapped on the Harry Potter theme to it. You know, we saw the Jurassic World version of the game that comes out. Anyone's going to try to have a big IP slap it onto a popular mold and have it kind of do well or hope that it does well. And honestly, every single second that I was in this Harry Potter Wizards Unite game, it was tough to tell that it was different than Pokemon Go. 
because you have the same exact map layout. You have the same things that are sprinkled around the area that you have to walk to. And then you get the whole sequence where instead of getting the Pokeball and throwing it onto a Pokemon creature, instead you get these Harry Potter creatures and you have to align the stars on your device and then you get to draw a shape to cast your spell. Right. And and so I personally, I like never had any attachment to Pokemon. So this theme appeals to me more, but it's not necessarily going to get me to play it anymore than I ever did Pokemon Go. The the whole thing with that casting where you have to draw the spell, so they show you on the screen what you got to draw, and then as you start to draw, it disappears. So you have to remember how to cast the spell. I am dead on accurate. Like, I barely see anything under my finger that I missed when I draw this thing, and I get a fair every time. I don't know how this thing calculates how well you cast, but apparently I'm still a novice caster because nothing I draw on the screen is good enough for whoever is deciding how well my casting goes. Like, I feel like I I got Snape there, and he's just yelling at me. He knows I'm Gryffindor, so he's not going to let me pass, and he's not going to give me the the benefit of the doubt that I did my casting correctly. Yeah, I, I've gotten fair a whole bunch. Actually, I've gotten the same spell every single time I've cast so far. I haven't oh, you have? I've gotten a bunch yet. of different ones. I, I guess I'm not that lucky. But uh, <laughs> it's funny because there's a lot of, I guess, not nuanced aspects of the game. I expected more variations to use flu powder or port keys or Harry Potter ideas in the game to kind of change the way that you're traveling or moving throughout the ecosystem. But it's Pokemon Go. There's really tough to find anything different other than when the little uh, assistant comes up or Harry comes up on screen to give you voice narration about the themes and ideas of why you're doing this. There's really nothing else to make it Harry Potter. Well, I think there's a whole story, unlike the Pokemon Go. So there's actually a story, not that I'm all that interested in it, but at least there's kind of a story that goes along with it. And there's a lot, you'll see a lot of familiar things there, but I guess you'd really have to be super into Harry Potter to really want to play this to get past. If you weren't like a fan of Pokemon Go and that whole setup of where you have to walk around and do things, uh, then I don't know this can necessarily win you over just by them reskinning it with Harry Potter on it. But I don't know, maybe it will. Uh, my daughter started to play it a little bit, but obviously she's not taking it around. She's on summer vacation now. Maybe she was at school and was traveling around more than she would see rather than just in our neighborhood. Although the first time she loaded up and saw our street pop up on there on the map, she's like, oh my gosh, this looks a lot like our street. I'm like, that's because it is. This is how the whole game works. And then she got all, even more excited. So maybe. I, but I think there are port keys. They just come up much later. Like, I hardly leveled up in this game because I haven't taken it out in other locations. To, I've basically just been catching whatever shows up in our cul-de-sac. Uh, I haven't really tried going around other locations. It just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that same idea. It's just the port key idea came to my mind when one of the achievements, the very first one, it's like, catch monster catch creatures in two different countries i'm like okay what are you talking about literal countries because again i don't have flu powder where i can just go over to asia or europe or something and catch something yeah well i remember like with the pokemon go didn't they have ones that were only available in certain parts of the country you had to go catch them and like so i don't know maybe they do have it set up hoping that people will go all out and try and travel for this i i don't know it just 
I, it's not my type of game. I do appreciate this is probably of the three, the Jurassic Park, the uh, which wasn't Niantic. I, I believe that was another company. Um, uh, Pokemon Go and Harry Potter. This is definitely the most appealing theme to me. But still, it's not going to get me to be spinning around and looking around and traveling and walking. Like some of them, you have to walk a certain distance uh, in order to then trigger something. I, I don't know. It's it's if you liked Pokemon Go and you love Harry Potter, then go ahead, grab this, try it out. You're probably all if you haven't already quit Pokemon Go, you're probably all in a Pokemon Go. You probably don't have time to play yet another one of these. But I guess if you were on the fence and maybe this theme will appeal to you and pull you in. Yeah, so that that ties into two things. First off, Pokemon Go has a whole built-in infrastructure of timed events. You know, they have retailers and cities that are on board to have special Saturdays that include special Pokemon you can catch. It's this whole kind of built-over time creating a whole fandom and experience of things that Harry Potter has a lot of catching up to do. So that's a tough competition. But again, I think, like you said, if you liked Pokemon Go, but you're not the biggest Pokemon fan, you kind of played it just because you liked the idea of it and you're a huge Harry Potter fan, that's cool because you would switch. I don't think you could play both simultaneously because it's a lot of effort and excursion to do this stuff. But then on the flip side, say you saw Pokemon Go and you're like, I have no interest in Pokemon anything, but you're a big Harry Potter fan. This, I think, is the perfect set for you. But I think that's a very small audience. Well, I think this has a good chance over, like, the Jurassic Park one just because of the sheer number of Harry Potter fans well, Harry out Potter's there. Harry Potter's a gigantic fandom, of course, yes. Right, and you have kids, and lots and lots of kids that love it. So you do have that wide range of ages, just like the Pokemon uh, app had so you, they could dig into a large audience of people it's just they need to build this other like like you said they did with pokemon like locations and they need to build up the the outside world infrastructure for the game of places and destinations and things people want to go do around this game to have it build up i think the first one was just so new and different and it just caught on so fast and so quickly that I they're trying to have lightning strike yet again, which I don't know it's going to happen even with the massive license of Harry Potter. I think the, it's never going to do as well as Pokemon Go did. But I guess it will, time will tell. That's and then it's a, a, a chicken and egg thing, because like Pokemon Go, it... Got, you know, it's that early adopter type of idea. So the local news reports, kid falls down trench because he's playing Pokemon <laughs> Go. Kid gets lost, uh, you know, behind private property and discovers dead body because of Pokemon Go. It had the local news kind of adoption, word of mouth thing. This is, oh, this is Harry Potter version of Pokemon Go. So it's not going to be picked up at that level. And right, again, right. that chicken and egg idea, all of those retail partnerships and location ideas of Pokemon Go is because of that user base. And so generating that user base is very difficult. And then Harry Potter kind of stumbles with the whole social connection with friend code. Again, Nintendo uses the friend code. The friend code is the stupidest thing ever. You have yes. all these social networks and Bluetooth connectivity and all these ways to connect your phone. And I'm going to type in some stupid 12-digit code to connect to my friends? No. 
So that trips it up and word of mouth and spreading and connecting with friends and playing with others just off the get-go, it takes a special consideration to, I'm going to actively go and do this. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, I guess we'll see. But I think it, it has all the pieces there, but I'm, I think they're tapping into their existing audience a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I just don't know how well this is going to do this many years like maybe if this has been so close to when the the original one came out and but it's been that 2006 no 2016 2016 so it's been like three years like yeah it's it's very late to the party but i i don't know we'll see because then also the idea of just for me personally these none of these games have ever built on the gameplay idea. There's really no game to it. They're more interactive apps. They're kind of those location-based apps. They're not really games. And for me, I can't give myself time or effort to not really play anything, kind of go through the motions and do the same repetitive actions with terrible augmented reality that <laughs> I could care less about, the, the stupid juxtaposition of your real world, and this little digital creation never looks that authentic or realistic, and there's no game. There's no game whatsoever. These are not games, and I can't... I Kudos to you if you're all into Pokemon Go or if you're diving into this Harry Potter thing, but for me, I'd rather play a game. Yeah, so I think what the people that I know that are still playing this, it's not about a game. It's oh, become a social thing. Yeah. And I think that's where this is excelling because these people have formed like groups and they see people when they go and try to catch the Pokemon. And I think that if the Harry Potter fans get out there in mass and like get out there and play this and constantly you're running into other Harry Potter fans are playing this, then it's going to take off. But I think that you probably need to get like Warner brothers to do stuff at, uh, at the universal studios to really, I boost this, like have stuff there, special things to capture in the park and like get people to go to certain locations. And then you're going to start building it up. They got to figure out how it built up the first time and try to, get those kind of events to build that social aspect of it. And unfortunately, the friend codes are such a pain. Like, yes, I I hate the friend codes. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's an intriguing idea. The space is so small. I think you need a gigantic brand like Pokemon or Harry Potter for it to work. You can't just throw this on anything because again, the core structure of it is terrible. There's no value in the game aspects of this. So that means you're totally, completely relying on the theme, the fandom, and the collectible nature of these respective fandoms. See, Pokemon has it built in. Harry Potter doesn't necessarily have a built in of collecting magical creatures. That's what it's never been about. Like, do you still play that Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery game? No, but my daughters <laughs> play it every once in a while. But they still, still have it. Yeah. What it fits into, it fits in with Harry Potter ideas, narrative, its story, its world building. And so. That game fits in with it. You know, it's an RPG where you get to ho- go to Hogwarts and play within it. It's not magical creature collection. You know, that's how, like, kind of Fantastic Beasts idea and those right, haven't right. really picked up in terms of the theater or books or anything like that. 
Right, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it almost seems like we've taken the world and now we're going to try to build up this other aspect of it that no one, do people really care about that part of the world? Unless you're in, like, one of these Harry Potter fan groups and, like, fan fiction sites. I don't know that the average Harry Potter fan really cares about collecting all these magical beasts or finding out about all these magical beasts. They want to know what's going on with Harry and, and Ron and Hermione. They don't really care about this side stuff right it's kind of like you know the star wars fandom is gigantic and the best games are going to be ones where you get to play as a jedi or you get to be a stormtrooper and use the actual guns and weaponry and lightsabers and all that where it puts you in the shoes to play in the universe if they had a thing where i could go out and collect wampas or rankers or whatever i don't think (laughs) that would be as appealing because it doesn't fit in with the star wars fandom and i think harry potter is the same way where narrative rpg stories where you get to actually cast spells or become a wizard is more appealing than collecting magical. It's just any collecting doesn't fit with it. Right, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But we'll see. Again, it's a new choice for you. You can try out your Harry Potter Wizards Unite. It's free, it's universal. Of course, there's the usual in-app purchases. Make sure you got some good walking shoes and go try to get those gym alternative versions in Harry Potter version. Again, the more familiar you are with Pokemon Go, the more you'll be up and running with Harry Potter with this new skin and theme. Yep. Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How many times did I just say Harry Potter? Who knows? Hopefully you're counting at home. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have some other games this week. The first one is Serial Cleaner which it builds on that kind of idea of games we talked about in the past, like Party Hard Go and whatever that game is where you play the Grim Reaper assistant, which I love. Oh, I yeah. can't even remember I'm, the name. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> but any of those kind of death, more macabre. Death something yeah, Death Coming. That's what it's called. Death Coming, yeah. Yeah, more macabre ideas, more, you know, you're playing as a serial. So this idea, you're more kind of like the cleaner, like in uh, Harvey Keitel and Pulp Fiction, where you come and you fix all of these dead bodies you're not af- actively killing so instead you go to crime scenes and there's cops patrolling around and you need to get the dead bodies put them in your trunk and drive them away pick up pieces of evidence and also vacuum up the blood so you have three kind of different objectives to go to and each map has a different overlay there's different hiding points there's different cop patterns and you have to maneuver through the world and it's all well and good good ideas good execution of what the kind of concept is but the gameplay is so kind of against what the story and the theme is so the theme idea you know you're cleaning things and you're avoiding cops so there's a whole stealth aspect to the game you need to avoid patrol units but i just the controls don't fit with it the flow of the gameplay doesn't fit with it you have a virtual joystick instead of tap to move which i have no idea why they chose that and then you have virtual action buttons to interact with things. And it seems like every single time I had to look down. But there's these tight action sequences. Like you need to get just behind a wall before this patrol guy gets there. And if you stand there too long, he's then going to get eyes on you. And I had to look down to tap to this special button to interact and pick up, you know, the piece of evidence. And it seems like a few times I got seen just because I took that extra second rather than tap to move tap on the item and then okay i got it and i can tap and move away yeah i felt the exact same way it that that virtual stick didn't quite move as smoothly as it should especially in the stealth game where you need to be stealthy and then it felt like the 
uh, the action point. So the point where it would trigger that you could pick up the item or pick up the body uh, would seem like it was so picky where you really had to get super close. And then you you had to take your eyes down, find the little button that now was active to then grab that item. And then in the meantime, while you're looking down, the cop could have turned or moved into your area. And now you're trying to run. Granted, I did find the game was super easy to get away from the cops. Unlike Party Hard Go, where these cops are kind of almost relentless on you and start speeding up. This, I had plenty of time to run and just hide in something. Like, they didn't even stick around at your hiding point that long. Yep. They just kind of look around <laughs> the and they go, cops. oh, whatever. They're not paying me enough for this. And then the whole, I also had a problem with just the whole concept of parts of this, where you're going and grabbing bodies from an active crime scene. Like, it'd be one thing, you wouldn't do that in an active crime scene. You would go and grab them before the cops showed up. Yeah. And you're, you're like vacuuming blood from an active crime scene while cops are running around. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't trigger them into alert when they walk by an area that you just vacuumed up all the blood like hey what happened to all that blood that was just here i got, i don't know i guess i imagined it and like <laughs> nothing happens like you would think that would set them on high alert that you'd then have to run and hide wait for them to to die down and then go back in and then probably the biggest problem i had with the game was everything was so zoomed in so they had this cleaner view i forget what they called it but you hit this little magnifying glass you hold that down and it pans out and shows you where everything is on the screen so where the bodies are you need to pick up where the evidence is where the hiding points are and then you let go of that and it zooms back in but it was too zoomed in you didn't really have a lot to to move around. I don't know if on other platforms where this game was already released, like I think it's on the Switch and it's on uh, PC. I'm not, I think probably Xbox and PlayStation as well. I don't know if they have the same problem or if this is because they wanted to do phones. Uh, and that's really such a small screen that you really need to zoom in the action. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to see anything. So I think it's probably a fact that it went to mobile that they had to do this, but I'm not positive that it's only on mobile that this is a problem but it just ends up being not as appealing of a game just because of these other restrictions that kind of get in the way it just doesn't have that same awesome like gotta play more feeling of party hard go yeah i agree completely the cop engine and the whole ideas behind them just doesn't fit where you can outrun a cop go hide in a motorhome, he goes to the door and then walks away. He literally was standing next to you when you went in the door. He knows 100% sure that you're inside this motorhome and then he just walks away. It's a stupid AI engine for the cops. And then also to your point, if you go and there's already the little markers, the little numbered markers to the pieces of evidence and the cop walks by and it's gone, I think he would take notice of that. Or... <laughs> Like, there's literally a marker. It's like marker eight next to the dead body. And there's the sprayed outline of the dead body. And then you take the dead body, he comes back, he's like, oh, well. I mean, it just, <laughs> it's disappointing when you have the whole kind of concept and theme idea from the start, and then you lose it along the way with various inaccuracies in the actual cop engine, plus, of course, the annoying gameplay. Again, doubling what you said of those super focused points where you need to be on top of these things to clear to be able to actually interact with them and so that's why you need a tap to select engine again if you're using the ipad we talked about it last week some games are better on the ipad because you can tap directly on what you interact with 
if you are porting the game, make sure you take advantage of that idea and don't shoehorn in old control schemes. Right, right. Yeah, like take advantage of the platform you're on. You have this platform. Why not use it? Or and like maybe this I don't know if this has a joystick. And I didn't see it in the listing of what it supports, uh, but take advantage of the platform you're on. Redesign the controls. If you're going to take the time to port it, redesign them to take advantage of that. I mean, it, like as far as like the whole cop thing goes, it only gets it's only that more visible that it's so bad because of games like Party Hard Go, where you have to be so stealthy when you take out people, because if anyone notices you doing it, then all of a sudden you have people screaming, running away from you. They're alerting the cops. Now the cops come running in. It, there's, there's very little need for stealth in what is considered a stealth game. Like, this is a stealth game. You need to make that the key point. Like, you need to be stealthy. You can't just be grabbing anything and everything you want. you got to do it quietly, and it just doesn't make sense in this environment. Uh, the other weird thing is, when I first started playing the game, so there's 20 different of these uh, cases that you have, that you, that you, or assignments that you have. And for some reason, when I loaded up the game, it started on case 20. And I started up the game, and I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Why don't they tell me what I need to do? And then I realized it started on case 20. And then I had to swipe back through all 20 of these to get back to number one to start on number one. So I don't know what was going on, why it was started on, I on number 20. I that was just me. I wondered if no. it was the test flight build. They oh, it might be because we had a test flight build. That yeah, it could be because we had a test flight build and not the maybe the actual release. It was fixed. Yeah, but, but that uh, was weird too. When you dive into it, and I was like, God, they didn't give us a tutorial or anything. These cops yeah, seem super yeah. aggressive, and no matter what I do, I'm getting caught. Yeah, I don't even know what I had to do. Like I, I'm like I don't even know what I do, what it's supposed to do. And so yeah, uh, but I, I it has so much potential. Like I think I I don't know I'm I'm. I got to look up reviews on other platforms to see, because I think uh, some of these are just related to this mobile release, and maybe this would be a much more enjoyable game on another platform. But obviously some of it, like the AI, I can't imagine they did much more on other platforms. Maybe if it takes up the entire screen, maybe it's a little more difficult. But I was so looking forward to this one, and unfortunately I was just disappointed. So that's Serial Cleaner at six ninety nine. It's Universal. I think the main takeaway is that I need to go back and play some more Party Hard Go, and I suggest you do the same, especially if you've never played it <laughs> yes. before. Yes, definitely. Uh, and I wish that hopefully they're going to bring Party Hard Go too, yep. which adds even more cool stuff to to mobile as well. And so next up is Eight Ball Hero. It comes from the makers of Score Hero, and Score Hero was a soccer based game where it highlighted kind of the action sequences of the game where you would need to pass twice and then shoot on goal and essentially eight ball hero takes that idea and turns it into a pool game so now the beginning of a pool match you know various balls are knocked into the holes and then there's like three balls left you have to hit in two of them plus the eight ball and you have to do it without making a mistake and that's essentially the game. It focuses on specific shots, specific angles of when you can essentially make a combo or make sure that when you hit the cue ball, it bounces so it is a good angle for your next shot. And you focus on power and trajectory and angles of your shots rather than a full game of pool. 
Right, yeah. So you're basically set up with like a scenario of these are what you have left. This is the table state. They even have this cool little graphic where you see like the whole game kind of play out super quickly and then it leaves it in the state. So you see like where you're left and now it's up to you to finish out the hole. The one thing is it's based on like a star system and they don't tell you, yeah. uh, you know what balls you've got to get in, but you don't know what's going to earn you stars. You assume that just getting the balls in is going to earn you stars, but then sometimes you have to finish the entire hole and then it'll t- or the whole entire table and then it'll tell you. Oh, well, you get a star if you get this ball in first. And they're like, well, you lined me up with a different ball. You obviously wanted me to try to go and have to play through this a second time in order to get this other one through. And there is like an energy meter, at least I I didn't hit one yet, but I I read other reviews where people said there's like an energy meter. So I'm assuming this is just going to eat through your energy meter playing through once just to figure out what you have to do to get no, those the other stars. No, the is just for when you fail. You lose. Oh, so it's you only when heart. you fail. Each heart has five slices. Oh, that, oh I did fail. see those up top. Yeah, yeah, you have. You lose a slice. But yeah, so, but as far as I was playing through, I had no problem. I, I few of them, I just left the the one star. I mean, and the two stars. I didn't care about that third star. Uh, but I thought it was kind of fun because eh? you don't have to play through a whole game. It kind of just sets you up with an interesting challenge of. These are what you got to put in. I never even played score here. That seems kind of weird to have it in soccer. I'm trying to figure out how that would work. But it's pretty yeah, fun. It, it just zooms ahead, the action. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to check that one out. Because I, I thought this was actually pretty enjoyable. This was a surprising highlight for the week, which is saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. The, the couple things I would change is, like you said, to be able to view the challenges before you go into a level so you know... If it's like hit the balls in order and then you start with the seven ball and then there's a three ball there, you wouldn't think to go three and then seven. So change that. And then the fun part is that they call it pot when you hit the balls in. And so one of my favorite quotes is good pot. And that's just great. (laughs) You knocked a ball into the hole and he says good pot. It's like when the Candy Crush guy is like tasty and this guy's saying good pot. It's just right on that. Yeah, I, and then I, there's other little things we can customize. Your, I, I like the kind of how they keep showing you like the newspaper of like how it, like it's or magazine covers where it's like, oh, you're becoming the superstar in in pool, and you now you have this new challenger, and then you can start to customize like the back of your shirt, and so now in the pictures, what you customize shows up there. So I put my name on the back of the shirt, and I got this little logo on there. So it's kind of neat to kind of drive you through all almost like a story but not really it just kind of kind of a little extra little thing they didn't need to do but it, i thought it was kind of kept it interesting yeah i would have taken off the trajectory as you went into the game it kind of makes the shots a little bit too simplistic true yeah 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 but that's eight ball hero it's free it's universal it's just a focused highlighted aim trajectory version of pool and then there's a few little quick free games we wanted to go over the first one is magic bridge it comes from the makers of Super Cat Tales. It has the same cute little cat. And essentially, you tap on the left and right side of the screen to adjust this plank that the cat is on. So that way, it changes the position of the cat so he dodges various kind of obstacles. And this game was absolutely atrociously bad. I mean, there's no redeeming qualities to this <laughs> thing whatsoever. Yeah, I, this was awful. Like, you're basically just tilting the thing. And then you, I did like that you could actually just like tap and it just tilts a tiny bit. 
So it's not like even like a hold mechanism where you're really trying to balance this thing. You can actually like incrementally tilt it. And then you're trying to just basically keep the cat in a certain location on this tilting platform so he avoids obstacles. I thought it was incredibly repetitive and boring, and it did not last long. I much preferred uh, this developer's Drop Wizard game. was by far a a much better game. If you're going to download one of their free games, I think it's free. Go for Drop Wizard. And then there's that Coconut Games game where you it was essentially you held a ball or a bar with both of your fingers and you moved them simultaneously to have the ball go through these sequences. Oh, that was much better. Yeah, when I first thought it, I was like, okay, they did that just with the cat version. But instead, this tap mechanic just doesn't work at all. You need to drag both positions simultaneously. No, yeah, you're never like you can make it a little bit far, but usually it's luck of where the things show up. Rather than your skill, because you you can't adjust it in time because of that incremental tapping. Yep. Magic Uh, Bridge, it's free, it's universal. One equally as bad game, (laughs) Alabama Bones by Game Resort. Uh, This one, you're basically... Jones relative. Yeah, yeah, you're basically just running through caves and picking up these little... uh, Through temples, I guess, and picking up these little idols. And what you'll do is you'll run over these little trigger points. And if you tap while he's on top of them, some of them will cause him to stop. Some of them will cause him to jump. Sometimes he'll swing. You know what it is, but basically it's just a quick action game where you're trying to perform the right series of taps to get him to navigate through this temple to pick up all of the the idols he needs to pick up and the key to unlock the door to the temple and escape. Super repetitive. It never gets all that interesting. I guess if you need a little time waster, that's the only reason to even download this. But I found it too boring and repetitive. The thing I think it only has going for it is the name. Alabama Bones is a solid name. Yeah, it is. It's good. (laughs) But that's Alabama Bones, free, universal. And then one last one I just want to mention is Diner Dash Adventures, which as soon as you see the glue games attached to it, uh, that should give you a big warning right ahead of time that it's going to be a free-to-play in-app purchase magnet of sorts. I enjoy the Diner Dash games, mostly usually these Dash-style games. I prefer when you're... So in this game, you're, you're, uh, once again, Flo is there, and she's trying to serve up the food to the customers coming in to her little diner, and then as you go, you earn stars, which allow you to, like, upgrade pieces of the diner. Uh, well, commercial, like, visit, like, pictures-type stuff, like, clean up the paint, clean up the... Uh, the, the sidewalk, and then you earn money within the game that allow you to actually purchase uh, upgrades where, like, a faster uh, way to cook the food, or now your orange juice fills up faster. And that one requires not only coins, but once you reach a certain point, gems, which are the premium currency. And how do you get the premium currency? You have to buy it. Or there are ways to earn very minimal free uh, gems, but it becomes this big free-to-play nightmare. I tend to prefer the style, these style of games where you actually have to like make the food by grabbing the various ingredients and you're making the sandwiches. Uh, this one is kind of more of a hands-off where you have a chef who's doing all this for you and you're just running around picking up the food and delivering it to the tables. Uh, it's just the free-to-play mechanics. I played this longer than I probably would have, but the free-to-play mechanics really just kind of get in the way. And... I, it's a it's a disappointment just because of that. And unfortunately, Glue has a habit of doing this. 
and otherwise it would be probably an entertaining game but just be warned especially if you have kids and don't have in-app purchases turned off this could end up costing you a bunch of money yeah diner dash has that popular name but once you said flow all i could think of was a progressive matchup where you have <laughs> flow running around giving insurance out in various forms oh the the uh progressive the musical commercial if you haven't seen that one yet so good better than diner dash adventures it, it would just that way you wouldn't need a bunch of in-app purchases because you have the progressive licensing branding of it and then you could just there's make an actual be diner dash game i want to say there's a progressive mobile game i i want to <laughs> say they put out something i can't remember so i think that's everything for episode 107 yeah that's all i got red thanks for joining oh it's a pleasure be sure to follow us on Twitter throughout the week at AppAdvice and at AppAddictNet. And yep. I think that everyone, thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.